0: How are we doing today? Come on, happy new year, happy new year. This is our first time back. You've already had all your partying out of your way, I know, I know, right? We're going to talk about starting over. Don't you wish the Chiefs could start over? Good gravy. Let's just get, let's just repent for a minute for all the foul language that was said and the bad attitude last night. I was aggravated, I'm not going to lie, you know. I mean, we're probably going to play the Patriots next week. Listen, let's just keep perspective. We're going to get beat next week, so it's okay, right? We just saved money and time, money and time. Hey, good morning. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors. Before we get going today, uh, on the aisleways, if you're new and if you're not new, uh, grab this. This is our clipboard. This is how we check in here at New City. We do some things old school, some things with technology, but this is how we uh, want to know that you're here uh, because this is how we're going to do our best to pastor and care for you in 2018, Um, and so please take the time to sign your name in and... um, we won't harass you or bother you, but if you're a first-time guest, welcome to New City Church. This is your second or third welcome back. And for those of you who call it home, today's a big day because today we celebrate our birthday. All right? Happy birthday, New City. So today, uh, our Shawnee campus is six years old. How many of you were here for from the very beginning? If you were here from the very beginning, just stand on up. Who are, who are our early adopters at New City Church? Hey, let's give these guys a hand. Awesome. Just keep standing. That's fine. I wanna, I wanna look who you are. I wanna check the data, make sure that you're not telling me the truth. I'm kidding. I'm playing. And uh, so you guys can have a seat. But thank you so much. How many of you guys came within the first year of New City being started? Why don't you guys stand? The first year of people. Awesome, man. Glad that here we are, six years later. Awesome. And so many new folks uh, call New City Church home. And then today in Edgerton, uh, we celebrate our third birthday. And man, that church is doing fantastic and growing. But also today, uh, we officially give birth to our third church, our our newest church plant, New City Church, Merriam. And so that march begins today. So are you saying, Pastor Matt, are you mean they're having their first service this morning? Nope, not their first service. Today we begin the march towards their launch Sunday, which is going to be on March 25th, which is the Sunday prior to resurrection or Easter Sunday. And so today, Pastor Ray and the team are gathering for worship and prayer and kind of beginning that journey. And so many of you have talked to me about New City, Merriam. You live in that area, that kind of uh, side of town or in Merriam or closer. Man, now's the time to begin asking those questions. Do you go and help launch that church or do you go and make that your church home, right? I know you love me. Pastor Ray's a pretty good guy, right? <laughs> but uh, man, we're, we're going to continue to be a church who plants churches. Uh, healthy things grow. You know that, right? But in Scripture, did you know that the very first command that God gives the people is to be fruitful and multiply? And New City is a church that not only wants to be fruitful and multiplying in how we do ministry to one another, but in also how we plant churches. And so we, you are a part of a church that wants to continue to plant other churches just like this one, right? Like I think back to my hometown, I would love to have had a New City church there, Right? Like, this is a good thing that we have going on. So today, here's how we're going to celebrate. We're going to help you go ahead and get those, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, New Year's resolutions out of the way, right? Uh, we have cupcakes for you to celebrate. We're not going to pass them out because it take forever, but on your way out, and there's a table right here in the back, there's all kinds of different types, but you can grab you a cupcake, a birthday cupcake on the way out, and enjoy, uh, enjoy that. Uh, we're not going to sing happy birthday, right? But I, how many in here struggle to celebrate things? I don't really celebrate that great. But this church has done some really, really special things in people's lives. We've seen, uh, I think uh, in the six years, we've seen over 450 people baptized. Um, but we, we're starting over, right? In 2018, it's kind of this here we go, we're going to do this again. Anybody have any regrets from the past year? No regrets? I have regrets. Silly things I said, things I wish I hadn't have done, things I wish I would have done. And so 17 is behind us. We're moving forward now to 2018. And as a team, we were thinking, how do we best prepare for a new year? Now, I know we're on day, is today the 7th? Today's the 7th? So I know we're seven days in. It's our first full week into the new year. But I wanted to start the new year off uh, with an idea of prayer and fasting. You watched our online service on New Year's Eve day. Uh, I talked about this, but you see the slide behind me, uh, 40 Days of Prayer and Fasting. I want to invite you uh, to join with me. We're, we're calling this uh, Hungry on Purpose. And what are you going to be hungry for in 2018? Like This idea of fasting is a common biblical practice throughout the Scriptures. We've kind of gotten away from it. Fasting is a time where you choose not to eat so that you can work more. No, <laughs> right? Uh, should, fasting is a time for you to take a better nap. No, you choose to not eat so that in place of eating, you can pray. And so every time that belly growls, right, you're reminded, hey, I'm praying for something specific. And I would invite you to join with me and so many others on this 40-day journey. I'm not asking you to fast for 40 days, so chill out, okay? <laughs> but I am asking that you would pick a day or days and walk along with us. And so you can go to, a, you can follow the link there, newcitychurchcom 40 days. It's also on your app. There's actually an icon that says 40 days prayer and fasting. You can, you can sign up right from your app. But uh, pick a day, and on the day that you've chosen, you're going to get an email text from me or somebody just saying, hey, thanks for joining us today. Here's what we're praying for specifically today. And so, man, we're going to be hungry for what God wants in 2018, right? Because how many of you guys have ever, you know when your belly, you know when you're hungry, right? You know when that belly growls, and every time that happens, it's a reminder, hey, I'm hungry on purpose. Like, there's food all around us. But I'm withstanding this, this ache in my belly because I'm praying for the Lord to do something this year that didn't happen last year. And so it could be a variety of things, but I invite you to join with me and so many others as we're really saying, Lord, we want you to bless the snot out of us in 2018. Continue. like he, God was so good to us. He's been good to us for six years. Man, I don't, I'm drinking my tea this morning. You know there's an illness going around, Right? So public service announcement, wash your hands today before you leave, right? And don't touch me. That's the problem. I'm kidding. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm drinking my tea. And after a few sips, my tea's going to be gone. God's tea never runs out. His favor never runs out. He, you, oh, well, I asked him for favor yesterday or asked him to bless me yesterday, so I can't ask him today. No, 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 no. He has all the tea. His tea never stops, right? And so, man, I'm hungry for the Lord to continue to do great things in New City Church and so, man, uh, join us in that hungry on purpose. Today, we're going to talk about regrets. And so I thought I'd start off with some funny regrets, uh, things that I have done that have been silly. And so I asked my wife, hey, Jen, um, uh, what are you thinking? It didn't take her long at all to answer this question, right? <laughs> Jen reminded me of these things uh, that time, and I'm not going to tell this whole story again. You can go through our teaching archives and find it. But that time that I was, uh, made the decision to get in my hot tub with just my undies on and then I locked myself out of the house. You guys remember that story? <laughs> yeah, that happened in 2017. That was embarrassing, by the way. I regret that I did that, Right. Um, I regret um, going to Sky Zone, thinking that I was a young man still. And uh, has any of you adults been to Sky Zone? Listen, you're too old to go. Like, you don't, you don't, if, 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 you just don't need to go. If you're over, if you're over 25, if you're over 30, you just need to keep your shoes on. You just need to watch. I hit that trampoline just right. I was like a human ping pong. I couldn't stop, right? I just, it was hilarious. It was bad. It was bad. And then I remember as a young guy, this is one thing I regret. Jen reminded me of this one. That time that I told her that I filter what she says and only listen to the important things. <laughs> that was stupid. That was, you know, I still do it. I just don't tell her now, right? Back then I told her. Now I just, I, can't, just I keep my little secret, my little secret, right? <laughs> awesome. Some regrets though aren't funny. Like some of them, uh, man, they, they hurt. Uh, there's this website called mysecretregret.com uh, and Here's three from that one. I'll put them up on the screen. Uh, one person says, I regret marrying my husband just three weeks ago. I should have called it off before I walked down the aisle. I'm 23 and I just haven't had the time to learn to love myself yet. Oh, well, that's a rough one. How about this one? My biggest regret, one that plagues me to this waking moments and some sleeping moments, is that when I was given the opportunity to go to USC for screenwriting and I didn't take the chance. All right? How about this one? I regret not telling people how he hurt me. Now, if he is hurting other people, it's my fault. Those are, those are heavier than locking yourself outside in your undies, right? Like, there are things that we do, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. And then there's these other things that really, like, like we don't, like, they hurt. So there's, I want to talk about regrets today from three kind of categories. First, uh, we're going to talk about the regrets of, of action, regrets of action. Regrets of action are those times when you just kind of do the Homer Simpson and oh, and you slap your head because you said that, like, you asked the lady how long she's been pregnant, and she's not, Right? It's a stupid statement that you said. Anybody put your foot in mouth often? How many guys do that? Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just said that. But we have these regrets of action. Like, you just do something silly. Uh, this could be uh, lies we've told, relationships we've torpedoed, dumb choices we've made, a rage that we have unleashed, money we've blown. Anybody blown money over the Christmas holiday? Goodness gracious, right? Right? Just blown money. Um, yeah. And addictions we fed, things that we did, regrets of action. There's a second type of regret though. It's the regrets of inaction. Regrets of inaction. These are the things that we didn't do. All the things and all the things that we left undid, or all the words we left unsaid, right? There's a prayer, uh, there's a prayer book called the Book of Common Prayer, and in it it offers us this. Most, most, most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against thee in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Some of us didn't do what we needed to do, and we regret that. Researchers often have shown that uh, in the short term, people tend to regret actions, like in the the immediate, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. But in the long term, people tend to regret more what they didn't do, the chances they didn't take, the words they left unsaid, the words they didn't say, right, These, these inactions. Like We've all heard stories about the person who's on their deathbed, right, and what do they say? I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have put more time in at the office. No, they talk about things that they wish they would have done, things that they didn't do that, they, that meant that they could have, chances they didn't take, risks they didn't take. They kept it too safe in their life, and now they wish they could go back. Some of us, we think about this maybe even with our health, right? Like we, like my dad. I mean, he may be even watching right now, but he's struggling with this right now. My dad has a severe pain in both legs. And when I was home for Christmas, he made the comment how, like, they wanted to do all of these things when they were younger. And he's not old, right? but, but he, he worked all the time. He was a truck driver. He worked all the time. And now he's older, and he's no longer working, but he doesn't have the health, the energy, the, the, the pain is so severe in his legs that he doesn't really want to go do anything, right? And so he, he has this regret. Why didn't I? And my mom was like, well, people try to tell you. And so then that opened up a whole good argument right there that I got to witness, Right. <laughs> Right As a man's reflecting on what he wished he would have done, it's not the best time to say, I told you so. Uh, that's a good marriage <laughs> uh, uh, moment. But maybe some of these might hit, uh, strike you. Opportunities we've missed, time we've wasted, risks we didn't take, love we left unexpressed, words not spoken, forgiveness we withheld. Right? Those are regrets of inaction. Now, you, you've heard me say that, and so you, something might have even come to your mind right now. You have the opportunity to do something about that, Right? You have the opportunity, now that you thought about it, oh wow, that came to my mind, you have something, you have an opportunity to not, no longer make that a regret, to actually give action to that very, very thing. The third one that we're going to talk about, and this is the one that I dislike the most, this is the one that, that I, I, I hate this one, and this is the regret of reaction. And this is when we have to react because somebody else's hurt comes upon us. It's when someone tells you that they're leaving. It's when someone else comes to you with the news of the affair. When this comes to you, and sometimes it's when the doctor says, hey, I got some bad news. It's like when somebody else's, uh, there was a, uh, at our Edgerton campus uh, a couple years ago, I remember uh, Pastor Casey, one of his friends, going home after work one night was hit by a drunk driver. He survived, but it's drastically changed his health and well-being, right? Somebody else's stuff impacted Their life. We've all been impacted in that way, in some way. Somebody else's pain, somebody else's activity, somebody else's junk invades our personal space, and now we have regrets. The accident I was in, the illness I got, the abuse I took, how neglected I was, the rejection I felt, the betrayal I experienced. And it happens to adults and little kids. Just last night we were at a little birthday party. And my, there's a kid's table and the adult table. And my buddy Luke, my little boy Luke, who's six, got his feelings hurt because some of the other boys were calling him names. See, they took, I mean, it's just, it's just little boy stuff, right? But Luke got his feelings hurt. Somebody else's words hurt him. happens when you're a six-year-old and happens when you're a 36-year-old. People say things. People do things. Your employer, your spouse, your friend, words, heart. Other people's stuff comes in and it impacts us. And when bad things happen to us, we, 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 we do something about it. Right? We, we have these ideas of regrets. Why did that happen? And we go through all of these big questions. We have a video story this morning that we want to introduce you to, a lady named Jacqueline, and some of the regrets that she faced uh, because action and inaction, man, those there and they are they happen. But a lot of us, were dealing with stuff that were, was brought into our life by other people. How do we deal with that? Let's see how Jacqueline dealt in this video. A powerful and tough story, right? I mean, there's so many things that she said that we could talk about specifically this morning. But I wrote down this. When the stuff that she went through, she, wrote, she said, this set me up for continuing searching. Right? Because sometimes things happen to us and it gets us into a pattern, right? Where we want to make up for it. And so we, we're gonna we're gonna make the regret better. We're gonna, we're gonna fix the regret, right, by longing for the correct thing. But what we're longing for is not realistic and it sets us back up for another regret. Right? It looks like this. Little diagram, maybe this sorry cycle, right? Where you do something that you wish you hadn't have done, and you have this longing to fix it. And so you go after it, and you're going to do your best to make it right. But somewhere, what you decide in your mind is right is unattainable. And so now you can't do it, and so now you regret that you're not good enough to hit your own goal. And so now you've just added another regret to your list of regrets that you're trying to fix as you... Move yourself forward. And you just stay in this cycle of your longing to fix it, but now I've got another regret. I'm longing to fix it. How many of us, don't raise your hand, because I know you've gotten from it because you kind of finally maybe figured it out. But I was in this cycle for a long time as a young man and how I dated females. I dated the same way, hoping for different results with a different girl. And it was, the, I called it the stupid cycle, not the sorry cycle. Right? But some of us in this idea of regret, like we, we, we just want to, we're going to, oh, I'm just going to try, if I just try harder, and it's the, it's, an, it's t- this is timely, because for you, it's your New Year's resolution. This year, this is what I'm going to do, and you've got all your little do-do-do, you've got, man, you've got all your journal stuff set out, your calendar's all written out, you've made it, you know, and you know, but here's what's going to happen. You've said you're going from zero to 100 miles an hour, and nobody can do that. You're going from never going to the gym, that I'm going seven days a week. Yeah, probably not. You know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this week. Well, do the four days of prayer and fasting. You might hit your goal, right? <laughs> Don't be careful. Be cautious of this, right? Be cautious of that. I want to give you a solution, a potential solution on how to break this. And I want to point you to a guy named Peter uh, because here's the deal. Everybody in this room, you brought regrets with you. Action, inaction, or reaction this morning. And there is a disciple in the scripture by the name of Peter. Many of you guys have heard of the disciple or the apostle Peter. He, of the disciples, Jesus had twelve guys that he spent the most time with. Now they weren't the only twelve followers. Jesus had a lot of people that followed him, but he had twelve guys that he spent the majority of the time with. And within the twelve, he had three: Peter, James, and John. And Peter was kind of the leader of the disciples. He was kind of the chief one. And he, Peter was kind of a, a robust dude, he was outspoken. He really didn't think first. He acted and then thought along the way, right? He jumped first and then evaluated what he should do. Uh, Some of us are like that. Others of you are going to be thinkers and you're going to make the wiser decision. But Peter just kind of went out there and he just kind of go after it. And at one point, uh, Peter makes this comment to Jesus that I'm going to follow you no matter what, buddy. I've been with you for three years. I'm your go-to disciple. You can count on me for anything. All of these guys look to me as their leader as well. Man, you can count on me. I'm your guy. Anybody in the room ever made these big comments to God about what you're going to do? Come on. Oh, God, I'm never going to look at it again. God, I'm never going to say it again. I'm never going to smoke it again. I'm never going to drink it again. I'm never going to inject it again. God, I'm never going to talk to her again. I'm never going to talk to him again. I'm not going to go there again. God, you can count on me. I'm your man, baby. And we make these big declarations on what we're going to do. That's what Peter did. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Bud. Before the rooster crows three times today, you're going to deny. Before the rooster crows today, you're going to deny that you even knew me three times. Peter's like, "Not me, man. You can count on me, right?" Let's look what happens. Many of you know, but some of you don't. Jesus gets arrested, or he gets taken from the Garden of Gethsemane. He is taken on his way to the cross. That journey includes him being tried by Pilate and by a guy named. A Herod, who was the king of the area, he is beaten, he is spat upon, and, and all of this stuff. But as they're taking him, the disciples are kind of following from a distance. Peter specifically, uh, we recorded in the Gospel of Luke that Peter is following from a distance. He is, he is safely keeping his eye on where Jesus is. And Jesus gets taken first to the high priest's home. And around his guy's home, there's a lot of people gathering because, man, there's something going on. And there's all of these little fires. And so Peter has got himself around a charcoal fire, and he's keeping himself warm, and he can kind of see what's going on. And he, and, he, you know, and as they're sitting there warming up, somebody says, hey, aren't you that guy, right? Aren't you one of those guys that, that, that followed Jesus? And Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Because all of a sudden, uh, when the rubber hits the road, Right? and it's time to go, and all of a sudden there's pain involved because he can see already how violent they're being with Jesus, Right, that this following Jesus is not always going to be as easy as we think it is. Because some of you, you came to church thinking, oh, if I just say yes to Jesus, I'm going to have an easy life. I'm going to have more zeros in my bank account. My wife is going to be nicer. My husband's going to, his belly's going to be gone. Like all all of these things are just going to naturally happen if I just say yes. If I just pray a prayer, then everything in my life is going to be rosy because God wants me to be happy. Oh, it took you about 30 minutes to figure out that ain't right, right? (laughs) You can have peace in all circumstances. But there's some sad days as a follower of Jesus. There's some happy ones and good ones too, right? But this idea that, oh, for the rest of my life as a follower of Jesus, I will never encounter an obstacle. That's crazy, right? And yet here it is. Peter's like, I'm going to follow you no matter what happens. And he sees Jesus get arrested. He sees Jesus getting beat. And all of a sudden, now he's hiding from a distance, warming his hands because it's cold outside. And when someone says, hey, aren't you one of the guys that hung with him? Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Not once, not twice, three times, Peter denies and we find this in Luke chapter 22. At that moment of Peter's third denial, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine from a distance Jesus is there? And, at, and Jesus, whatever he's going through, just turns and looks and locks eyes with Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Regrets of action, inaction, and reaction, all right here in Peter's story. Things that he wished he hadn't have done, things that he wished he would have done, right? And things that have happened to him that's caused him to regret and to long for things. And many of us, that's our story. Like some of us, the truth is this. You didn't get to say, you didn't get to make it right before the person left this planet. The last words that Peter says about Jesus to his face is, I will never kind of, yeah, I'm your man. And yet he denies him before the rooster crows. He denies him three times. And Peter never gets to make it right with Jesus before he goes to the cross. Now, we're going to discover in a moment there is a conversation that follows the resurrection. But, to Peter, but Peter doesn't understand the resurrection. All he knows is that the guy that he denied three times is now dead on a cross. And he carries that with him as he goes. And some of you carry the stuff with you because you didn't get to say it to mom, you didn't get to say it to dad. You didn't get to say it to your child. You didn't get to say it to your grandparent, and they died. And you carry this around with you, this regret that you 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 can't undo. It's just there, right? It's just there. And we have these things that are unsaid and unspoken, and that we just can't make up. And Peter, but, but, look what happens next, though. Peter's so distraught that they all go back to their old life. They go back to fishing. That's what Peter was. He's a fisherman. Jesus resurrects from the grave. You guys have had this experience. They've seen him, but there's 40 days that take, Pat, from the time that Jesus resurrects until that he goes back to be with the Father in heaven. There's this 40-day period where over 500 people are eyewitnesses, and the disciples are some of those. But, 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 but Peter is so distraught over what's happened, the fact that he denied, like, I can't be, I can't be the Lord's guy anymore. I made these big statements, I made this commitment to God, and I didn't do it. And so, uh, man, there's no way God could ever use me again. And so he's still hanging with the guys, but they're out fishing now. They're going back to what he knows he can do, he can catch fish. And on this particular day, they're out in the fishing boat, and one of the guys in the boat says, hey, there's somebody on the shore. And as they look a little closer, somebody says, that's Jesus. And Peter, again, in his gusto, he jumps out of the boat into the water, fully dressed, And he swims ashore. And guess what he discovers when he gets to the shore? He discovers another charcoal fire burning. Only two times in Scripture do you find a charcoal fire, and Peter shows up at both of them. And on the shore, Jesus has got a charcoal fire built, and he's got some fish cooking on the fire, and he's getting breakfast going. I don't really eat fish for breakfast, but these guys did. All right? And Peter walks up to this charcoal fire, and at this fire, Jesus has a conversation with him. Conversation looked like this. It's found in John chapter 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you want to guess how many times? Three times. Back out of fire, Jesus asked Peter a question three times. Here's what I want you to kind of notice and maybe connect in your life. Some of you who have been, have been avoiding the fire because the fire is painful. There's bad memories at the fire. You're like, well, man, I've not been around the fire. Get rid of the fire. There's a moment in your life that you avoid. There's a conversation you avoid. There's a place that you avoid. There's songs that you avoid. There's smells that you avoid. There's things in your life that you avoid because when you hear them, see them, smell them, touch them, it brings up memories, regrets from your past that you just don't want to deal with. But in Scripture, Jesus has a way of bringing you back to the fire to confirm some things. Some of you have been avoiding it. You've done your best. And you came to church hoping for madness, starting over. Come on. I thought we were going to talk about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Let's erase all the bad stuff that happened and let's move forward. Jesus is not a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. He's like Gorilla Glue. He takes all your broken, jacked up stuff and he puts it back into this beautiful mosaic. That you go, hey, that's my story. That's who I am. But for him to do that, he's got to bring you back to the fire and he's got to have a conversation with you where he's got to say, hey, do you love me? Hey, do you love me? Hey, do you love me? And you've got to stand there and you've got to answer and you've got to participate in this moment. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yes. Will it change you? Yes. Is it worth it? absolutely. The Lord this morning wants to bring us back to the fire of the regrets that we have in our lives so that you can address them. And it's not about making this resolution list and saying, hey, I'm going to try better. No, 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 no. Notice what happens next. There's two things that Jesus does in this conversation that I just want to bring your attention to. The first thing that he does is that he confirms the relationship. He confirms the relationship. Hey, do you love me? I love you still. Do you like, hey, I'm not you're still my guy. You're still my 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 buddy. You're still somebody that I can count on. And the second thing is that he confirms the purpose. He confirms Peter's purpose. Like some of you don't think that you matter much anymore to God's story. And can I tell you something? That attitude is probably the chief attitude in my life that drives me bonkers about church people. Listen, you gotta hear this, and I want you to believe it because I believe it. And I want you soon to believe it because you believe it yourself. But God's not done with you. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your backstory is. I don't know what regrets you bring into this room. But Jesus has a plan for your life. He has a will and you fit into his will. And you've got a story to tell that aligns with his story. Just this morning, I was talking to one of our guys who got baptized on Christmas Eve, and he was telling me that in his workplace with other guys that do what he does, something was said in a training that allowed him to... I mean, a crazy thing that allowed him to be able to share his personal testimony. That very same phrase, turn north, was used in a training that we do here at New City Church, that you've circled this mountain long enough. It's time to turn north and face your struggles. And, this, and that changed this man's life. And all of a sudden, this word comes up in training, and he gets to share his testimony with all of these guys that he works with, his peers. Listen, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, no matter what you've done and the backstory that you bring in here, God's not done with you. And listen, right now, I know what some of you are doing. You're doing yow butt. Would you please kill the yow butt in your life? I'm serious. Quit telling God what God can't do. Seriously, quit telling God what he can't do. If God chooses not to use you for that, that's fine. That's his decision. But don't let him not do it because you won't let him. I don't care about your record. I don't... Good gravy. Quit telling God what he can't do. He ain't done. He's not done. Guys, he's not done. Good gravy! I love good gravy, by the way. All right, I'm hungry. Good gravy. Now, let's see. Jacqueline's story is not over. Okay, so let's hear a little bit more about what she discovered. So let's watch this. So, in that story, you have a suicide attempt doesn't happen. Comes out of it, uh, a family member who needs a kidney. And that is the thing that kind of propels Jacqueline to, to be able to kind of rearrange her life, right? And leads her to the Lord. It's weird how God can use anything to give you the opportunities to start over, right? I mean, in any relationship, any kind of connection leads to these moments where God can begin to do stuff. And so I wrote here, um, I said, okay, God's not done uh, with us, with me, with you. So what do we do, Right? Like, man, I want to believe you, but what do I do? You said that it's not about the New Year's resolutions and your checklist of to-do's and don'ts. What is it about? Well, I want to give you this quote as we lead to this kind of maybe solution. This quote says this, Regret doesn't remind us what we did badly. It reminds us that we can do better. Right? So let's use our regret to our... Let's hijack our own regret. Regret. Right? Let's, I want you to hijack all that negative stuff in your life that makes you go, man, I wish I had not ever-whatever. I wish I hadn't experienced that. I want you to hijack that. And I want you to begin to use it for your benefit and for your next life experience. Look at what Romans 8.28 says. Paul says this, And we know that God causes some things to work To What? Did I read that right? <clears throat> so You've got you to pay attention, right? Because if you, if you don't pay attention, you could have people in your life lead you astray because you just believe the words they say. Because it doesn't say some things. Notice what it says. And we know that God causes what? Everything, all things to work for the good. Now, there's not a period there, right? It continues, right? Because some of us just like that. Like God causes all things to work for the good. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. That's my new life verse. No matter what I do, God causes everything to work for the good, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you heard that scripture? Yeah, it's about suffering. So don't get that tattooed on you, all right? Let's finish this scripture. And we know that God causes everything to work for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. God becomes gorilla glue for all of you when we begin to love God and align ourselves according to whose purposes? His. Your purpose or His purpose? His purpose. See, we always like our purposes. And this is the secret sauce for today's message. And by the way, this is the secret sauce for all of 2018. And if I could even say this, this is the secret sauce for the rest of your life. To love God and to follow him according, to live your life according to his purposes. Here is the last thing that Jesus said to Peter on the seashore at the charcoal fire. Two words. Follow me. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? follow me. This year, this year, it's really simple. Don't overcomplicate your life. Every day, say, Jesus, I want to take a step towards following you. Jesus, I trust you as my savior. You're the one who redeems me. But this year, but this year, I'm asking that you would become my leader, the Lord of my life, my boss. I'm going to give you access to who I date, I'm going to give you access to what I watch. I'm going to give you access to where I spend my money. I'm going to give you access to where I work. I'm asking you this year that you become my boss, my leader, my Lord. I'm actually going to follow you. See, some of you believe in Jesus, like you believe in him, but you've yet to follow him. You think that believing is following. They're two different things. Follow Jesus this year. We want to help you, okay? And here's how we're going to help you. We're going to invite you to eat with us, all right? And we're going to do open tables throughout this entire year. And we're going to start open tables after after next Sunday. So next Sunday, uh, the 14th, that whole week, we're going to have open tables going on. Some of you in this room are going to host those open tables. Others of you in this room are going to attend those open tables. Now, what are these? These are just safe places for you to go and eat some decent, maybe really good food, depending on whose house you go to, all right? But every open table, I'm going to give five, three to five questions that follow Sunday's message, and it's not going to be in-your-face stuff. So you might have a friend that's really struggling that you want to bring to a table. But we're just going to eat food, and we're going to say, "Hey, Matt said this week that man, God's not done. What do you think about that?" I mean, that, that's a, that's a question. And we're going to eat, eat baked potato bars and taco bars, and oh no, and we're just going to eat and talk, right? And and see what, and we're going to pray for one another but you're not going to do it alone. It's a step for you to follow Jesus. Something else that we're doing this year, I'm laying out a, a yearly reading plan. Every week, uh, we're going to read scriptures together. So this, this week, starting today, we're going to read uh, parts of Exodus, and we're going to read the Gospel of Mark chapters 3 and 4. And that's going to be posted on Facebook this week. And we'll post it several times so that you'll see it. Throughout this week, about three, two to three times, I'm going to be on Facebook Live. Sometimes it's already going to be recorded. And I'm going to post a devotional. Sometimes it might be me just going live. And if you're there, great. If not, you can catch it on the replay. But just, hey, here is a thought from this week's reading. But we want to give an opportunity for you to walk with us as we follow Jesus, right? Because some of you go, I don't know what to do. That's great. You just get behind somebody that you think they do. And you draft off of the person in front of you. And so we can take part in an open table and we can take part in our online discussions, in our personal Bible reading. But man, the point is this. In 2018, man, I want to get to a simple plan that Jesus is my leader. Notice I didn't talk about push-ups. I didn't talk about uh, P90X. It's hard lifting. You can't do it. No. You, if you can read, you can participate. And don't tell me you ain't on Facebook. I know you are, right? We're just giving you, or some of you are. We're going to give you, if you don't know what Facebook is, don't go to Sky Zone. Okay? Don't go to Sky Zone. <laughs> um, but we're, but we're going to give you steps. Now, I want to pray for you today. Because um, I don't want this moment just to, to pass over us. Because the Lord's doing something within us this, this, this morning. And so I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and bow your head, not because that's super spiritual, but I don't want you focused on other things this morning. I want you focused on what the Lord might be saying to you. And I'm going to list through potential things that maybe the Holy Spirit's leading you in. And maybe give some language to some things that you're feeling. And then we're going to lead into a song together. Um, but the first thing is this, is maybe your regret this morning is relational. And perhaps you wish that you had loved better or been loved better. If you're here this morning and it's a relational regret, man, follow Jesus. Perhaps your regret is health. And it's time to do something about how you feel. Allow the Lord to lead you into that. Maybe you're stuck in a financial regret. And it's time to align align your regrets with, with the financial principles that we find in Scripture. Maybe it's time to make Jesus the Lord of your resources. Perhaps you're regretting that relates to the purpose in your life and you feel like you just simply don't matter. Man, you do, you do matter. You do matter. Lord, how would you lead us this morning say we do have a purpose in the life and in the path that we're on, God, that you can align it to your will. And this morning, maybe your regret is spiritual. And you've taken steps that have led you away from God. Let's just be honest. You've taken steps that have led you away from God. And that's why you're here this morning. Because you have regret. You're longing to make it better. The secret sauce, the potential in that is to simply follow follow Jesus. Father God, we come to you this morning and we ask that you would bless this next moment. This is not a moment of participation. This is a moment of reflection. This is not a moment to... Let our voices be heard, God, but for your spirit to be heard within our lives. Father, would you minister to us? Would you set our feet straight on where we're going in life? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Ben's going to do a new song this morning called The Simple Gospel. It's one of my favorite songs. And in this song, you're going to see this lyric that says, Lord, I've been told to be ashamed. Lord, I've been told I don't measure up. Lord, I've been told I'm not good enough, but you're here with me. And I want you this morning just to allow this song to be a type of ministry to you, the people of New City Church. The gospel, following the good news of Jesus Christ, is very simple. And maybe even for you, you make it complicated. And you set up a, you set up a following Jesus checklist that's so stout that you always regret because you just can't hit it. Man, can we get back to the simplicity of saying, yes, Lord. I choose to follow you. Yes, Lord. The Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and all we have to say is, yes, Lord, I follow you and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. So church, man, let's be ministered to in this song and a time of reflection and prayer.